Hello and welcome. This is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. We continue our podcasts about the war which Russia started against Ukraine. This series is brought to you by Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center, two reputable Ukrainian media NGOs. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm editor-in-chief of ukraineworld.org, analytics director at Internews Ukraine. We're making this podcast with Tetyana Oharkova, who is in charge of international outreach at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Hello, Tanya. Hello. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ukraineworld, patreon.com slash ukraineworld. You can see it in the description. So there is an intense day of Russian invasion of Ukraine. Or the war, or the war of Russia against Ukraine. Yes, of Russia's war against Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Some people still are calling this, you know, Ukraine conflict or... Ukraine uh, crisis. Ukraine crisis. It's still incredible how how people try, or oh, Ukraine war, as if this there is something going on here and uh, there is no external invasion and no external genocide of Ukrainians. Well, we, 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 kindly, we kindly ask you to, to change your vocabulary, those people who are using this concept. So it's not Ukraine crisis, not Ukrainian crisis, not Ukraine conflict, not Ukraine war, this is Russia's war against Ukraine. And not only against Ukraine, let us remind us that, uh, remind that this is also the war against Europe and against Western civilization, in fact. So, because at stake, what is at really at stake is that Russia will to to share, to, to change the spheres of influence. The, the conflict started, let us remind that, with uh, the ultimatum to NATO, say, stating that NATO should withdraw to the, to the West and Ukraine should Georgia and other countries should stay neutral and also they uh, that NATO should go 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 to the west so what what's happening today so it's 10th day of of the war of Russia war Russian war against Ukraine what we see now maybe let's start with um, with important things uh, maybe with a civilian civilian dimension of of the conflict let's start uh, that that two days ago, several days ago, there were a second round of negotiation between Ukrainian and Russian delegations, and they they agreed on these humanitarian corridors uh, necessary to for civilians to evacuate from different cities. And uh, at this very moment, the most uh, hot spots uh, in this uh, this uh, as context is Volnavaha and Mariupol. And today, what has to happen had to happen, in fact, that uh, Mariupol and Volnavaha had to be evacuated. So civilians, they organized these corridors, and civilians were preparing themselves to go out of the uh, of the zone because there is no electricity, no water because of combat, etc. But what we know know at this very moment is that Russians didn't let the evacuation start. It means that they started shooting at these so-called green corridors. So it means that. That even the things arranged already during the negotiations, they are not allowing people, I mean civilian, peaceful people, to leave zones. The same story is is with Irpin. Irpin is the northern suburb in Kiev, where it was also arranged that people were, uh, would be able to go away. Uh, let us remind that near to Irpin we have Gastomil. Gastomil, big, um, uh, big. Uh, 
military place and combat started there then during the the first day of this uh, war but uh, occupied i mean russian troops didn't allow they exploded the railway just because the evacuation had to start by railway but now it's it's not possible so it means that they are aiming uh, specifically at at, civi- at civilians in fact so they they don't allow people to go out Yeah, and this is also confirms the nature of this invasion, the true, inhumane, cruel, upon the inimaginable levels, cruelty of, of this invasion. Because it's not only an attack against Ukraine, a peaceful country, which, uh, you know, with all the imagination, horrible imagination invented by Russians. I mean, when we, when we see Russian media call, uh, asking people on the streets in Russia, So do you do you approve this action? They say yes because Ukraine was preparing a nuclear strike against Russia, a nuclear weapon, which is insane because Ukraine doesn't have nuclear weapons. It just refused, uh, re- uh, you know, g- has given away its nuclear weapons in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And one word of Putin that maybe Ukraine will someday will develop nuclear weapons. It already created this image you know among russian population so basically they're not only shelling and shooting at residential houses residential areas but they do not let evacuate the people they shell the green corridors the green corridors from mariupol and from uh, volnavaha uh, and from irpin so mariupol is is a, a big industrial city in in the eastern ukraine eastern southern ukraine volnavaha is a city in in eastern ukraine and irpin is just a suburb of kiev you know, north of kiev also today just uh, several hours ago we received information about bila serpa being shooted once again and uh, in residential area around uh, almost 20 houses are destroyed so this is uh, this confirmed this hypothesis about that they aim at civilians explicitly now so they are not aiming to hit mil- military objectives but civilians Exactly, and the shelling, heavy shelling of Kharkiv, uh, mostly Russian-speaking city in eastern Ukraine, second largest Ukrainian city, uh, continues. I, th- uh, I think we've heard the figure that uh, over 40 buildings have been uh, severely damaged. Uh, so the, this is how Russians are protecting Russian-speaking population, as they, uh, as they say. Yesterday, um, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, president of Ukraine, addressed... Um, In his in his speech, addressed the issue of not fly uh, not fly zone uh, over Ukraine. He was disappointed, and the Minister of uh, um, of Foreign Affairs Dmitry Kuleba was also disappointed about the NATO decision that they will not at the present moment close the sky over Ukraine. And this is a highly discussed issue because on one hand we do understand that NATO structures and the United States are try to avoid this direct clash with Russia Russia Federation, and uh, just to avoid two nuclear two nuclear countries to be in war but at the same time I would say, and my impression is that when we were listening to Zelensky late in the night, he was quite rude, quite quite strict on that. He was extremely, I would say, extremely critical. He even said that from that very moment, uh, every so the blood of Ukrainian people are also 
so your responsibility because uh, we, we, we do receive all the bombings from the sky and we are at the present moment unable to uh, to react to, to protect our sky but the question is let's let, let's maybe talk about that uh, what do you think do you think that maybe united states and nato they are trying to avoid bigger conflict just to not to close closing the sky but at the same at the same time we do need that protection how how to find how to find a way out of this terrific situation terrible terrible situation um Well, obviously, this is a danger, <clears throat> but I'm sure there are there are ways out. Uh, so the the big thing right now is supply of uh, to Ukraine of the en- um, air defense weapons, and uh, we see from the military analysts that although Russians tried heavily to destroy all Ukrainian air defense systems, they didn't succeed. So Ukrainians are continue to down Russian airplanes and Russian helicopters. It is also important to down the Russian missiles. So we are not military experts, but any any way of you know without formal NATO countries entering the conflict, obviously everybody is afraid of that. But seek for any possibilities to you know to supply air defense weapons so that Ukrainians themselves could fly on fighter jets. You know, give Ukraine more fighter jets. It's 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 one of the solution. Give Ukraine more sophisticated air defense systems just to down uh, the missiles, the Russian missiles. I think that this is the key issue right now because why it is important. Because let's let's turn to a, a situation on the ground. It's clear that Russians failed in the blitz, Blitzkrieg, so they were hoping to uh, capture um, Kiev capture. in three days. Now with ten days of war. And basically, no major city is captured, except for probably Kherson. And the, we'll talk about. But we will talk later. about about Kherson later, and we, we see huge opposition of the civilian population, who unarmed people who go against this armed uh, occupying force of Russia. Um, Kiev is holding very strong, so uh, there are battles in the Kiev suburbs, in Irpin, in in Hostomel, in Bucha. Unfortunately, there are reported deaths. We see uh, some of the friends, our friends, showing pictures of their destroyed houses. Other friends refer to other friends' death, unfortunately. One of the cases, for example, was a civilian car which was just shot by by Russians. Yeah, uh, in yeah. There was a car traveling from Warsaw to Kiev, so it's, it's very close, in fact, uh, to, to the capital. I think what, one more was, was shot down in, uh, in, in Irpin. So this is horrible. You, you just can't... As a civilian in a in a civilian car, you just uh, cannot go on streets. So this is the real genocide. Let's 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 call it in this name. And Russians were talking about Ukrainians as organizers genocide. Why? Because they want real genocide of Ukrainians. And we talked about this in in our previous previous series, previous episode. So uh, as, as the situation on the ground shows that Russians lose the momentum. There are many equipment, many troops captured, many equipment burned down, yeah, destroyed. Many losses, yeah. Let us remind that we, the, that uh, according to official statistics, we know that more than 10,000 deaths of uh, Russian soldiers. Yeah, we will we'll refer to, to the statistics um, once again. But uh, there is a danger that they will uh, use aviation and missile strikes even more. Mm-hmm. So uh, people in Kiev are very af- afraid of being, you know, heavily, heavily attacked from the sky. 
And um, frankly speaking, this is this is the most frightening scenario because on the land, Ukrainians resisting uh, resistance is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another important thing is that yesterday we received inform- late in the night also we received information from Christa Grozyev and the Belenkat group saying that uh, Russians are apparently exhausting their resources on the accumulated on the border up to 90 95% already used and according to his statement um they will be uh, out of their resources until on sunday so it means tomorrow but at the same in the next tweet christa grozev told that it doesn't mean that the war will st- will will end on sunday it only means that they will be out of resources but they still have the possibility to supply some other resources but it is logistic hell in a way because russia is also suffering from sanctions from all these logistics we do know that there is um that they cannot fly anywhere that there is economic sanctions there is diplomatic Diplomatic, uh, diplomatic sanctions, etc., uh, etc., et and we know little now. We'll know little about what's going on inside Russia because opposition channels like Dost and like uh, um, Echa Moskvi, uh, they are closed by Russian, uh, but uh, by, by by I don't know by Putin by by them, and also Facebook and also Twitter and YouTube. So and they're, YouTube. they're all blocked in Russia. So right now. it means that it's look it looks like a closed country, and uh, we know little. So even even uh, Russian not ordinary people could not write us via social media, whatever. But it's it's so remarkable because Russians have been using YouTube for their propaganda a lot. Mm-hmm. Russians have been using Twitter. There are lots of Russian trolls on Twitter. There are lots of, you know, uh, Russian uh, Facebook groups, etc., also to undermine Ukraine on the on the European countries or Western countries. So they really feel that they are in retreat. They are losing ground, even in information space so the only thing they can do is just shut down the international mm-hmm. platforms um, all this the, we also received information about that uh, foreign journalists international journalists are leaving Moscow because there is a new law about the responsibility for so-called lying about the Russian army etc etc it means for foreign correspondents that they could be in prison for that and I received personal information from trusted resources from our colleagues abroad that they are uh, evacuating their journalists from Russia just now at this very moment because it's becoming dangerous at the same time uh, we, we are to pay attention to the fact that it's also extremely difficult to work in Ukraine for foreign journalists here because while in war um, a lot of a lot of um, journalists are also going away because it's dangerous yes and there was a report yesterday that uh, reporters I think from Sky News were uh, were a target of um, <coughs> of shooting hopefully they they are alive but uh, you know, despite the the, inci- the indication that they have press, Russians are shooting at journalists. So, again, examples and examples of this inhumane behavior of Russian army. And uh, just I, I have an idea that Russians are trying really to try to build a kind of the image of anti-West and everything which is Western democratic, they, they try to oppose it. So if the West is, is talking about human rights, they are... They are, they are trying to be as inhumane as possible. If the West is talking about rule of law, they try to be as lawless as possible. If the West is, is talking about laws of war, for example, they try to make lawless war possible. Mm-hmm. But they are suffering, so let's um, let's, let, hope let's, that they will let's, uh, let's remind 
the the number of losses according to Ukraine's defense ministry Russians lost over 10,000 personnel 10,000 troops uh, 39 aircrafts 40 helicopters 269 tanks um, 900 probably about 1000 of um, armored vehicles over 100 of artillery systems uh, 19 anti aircraft warfare um, 60 fuel tanks uh, and over <clears throat> 400 vehicles so the losses are high and the russians are really feeling that they uh, can be can have problems yeah, it, in 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 supplying uh, in in supplying the army, right? Yeah, but the same, um, at the same time, uh, I think that the majority of Russians they don't know these figures because all channels of information are closed, and figures are known only to um, to to army chief uh, chiefs and maybe to Putin, but um, they uh, don't realize how. Uh, how deep they're failing in Ukraine, What in what they call military operations. They don't call that war. And Putin, um, in his speech just two days ago, was saying that everything is going according to the plan. But we do know that this is not at all according to this plan. So, But the risks are still major now at this very po- moment because they're still... Um, Keeping to, um, they're still keeping this nuclear plant in the Parisia, and they are still active in Chernobyl. Let's not forget about that. And it could be a very important, um, important method in what we call and what Vladimir Zelensky call um, nuclear terrorism. So nuclear terrorism, they could uh, could uh, could do a lot of um, a lot of things uh, using that. Uh, Mariupol at that moment is a key city. If you look on a map, you will see that they are attacking the south of Ukraine from two directions. First direction is from Crimea and up to east. So they're trying to capture the this way, this um, I would say ground way to, to to Russia. And on the other side, they're attacking from Russia. And Mariupol is in between these two lines of attack. And if so, so Mariupol is really key city. If they take Mariupol, they will have a kind of corridor, you know, corridor they need to link Russia to Crimea, but not not by sea, but by by the ground. That's what they want. That's why uh, the struggles, the combats around Mariupol are so severe, and that's why maybe they don't want civilians to go out, just for Ukrainian army to be not so operational. We don't know the details, but uh, we understand that the the most dramatic situation, military situation, is in the south. I we are not. Let's repeat, we are not military experts, but what we see. And what we receive as information from uh, from military experts is that the, the battle for Kiev is almost lost now. So it's almost clear that they are not able, at least in short perspective, to 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 to, to attack Kiev and to to take the capital. So they are trying to concentrate their forces, all all they have in the south, maybe to get this access to Crimea. Uh, by uh, on the ground from uh, from Russian from republics and so to make this link from Russia to Crimea maybe this is their major plan and maybe they will use the Prisia station nuclear station just as a as a um, 
as a threat. Yeah, the hostage. Yeah, the we, hostage. T- we talked about this yeah. in our previous episodes, uh, mentioning the the fact that they are taking nuclear power plants as, as hostages mm-hmm. or nuclear sites like in Chernobyl and and Zaporizhia, and they are also uh, um, attacking another. So they are approaching uh, other Ukrainian nuclear power plants. So let's not forget that nuclear energy is very important for Ukraine. It's uh, I think it's about fifty percent of Ukrainian electricity, and uh, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is the biggest nuclear power plant in Europe. Uh, let's talk about Kherson. This is amazing, uh, a city in, in the southern Ukraine um, that uh, Russians appear to take control of uh, a few days ago. And today they were planning to, uh, to stage a kind of a uh, video in which there will be Russian humanitarian convoys, which will be greeted uh, greeted, so-called greeted, right, by by local dwellers in Kherson. And for that moment, they were intending to bring people from Crimea to, 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 to be as actors in this staged thing. And they prohibit to Khersonians, to Kherson dwellers, uh, to walk uh, in groups more than two people and um, or to use the, the, the civilian cars. In the end, what we have, lots of people in Kherson, I think the thousands, thousands who came to the downtown of Kherson with Ukrainian flags, with the blue and yellow flags, uh, unarmed, right, without any arms, you know, and were screaming all the nasty words towards Russians. So all those words uh, which are so popular right now in Ukraine. Uh, and, and finally, they captured they captured the tanks, the Russian tanks. They captured one of the uh, armored the vehicles. Armored tank, vehicles, yes. and they they just made a ride around the square with the Ukrainian flag on it. Really, sounds of people, and other people were filming that. So we have these images. This is something incredible. Imagine a city which is already captured by, by captured. I would say where you already see all these Russian troops, and you dare go down. So you go to the streets. So you you just uh, you are uh, in number in big numbers, so Kherson um, dwellers are there with their flags, and it, it, it so they, they don't give this picture um, Russian army needed here yeah, just to show to to Russia to Russian citizens that okay Kherson is so glad that it's occupied. So that's not true. So this this proves what we already told before that we should distinguish between occupation and and uh, the fact that the Russian army is entering the territory. So Kherson is not occupied because to occupy a city you need to put your to put your vehicles there just to control city you must have some people who will support you there I mean if you don't have all that it's not called occupation it's just the fact that your your uh, your troops are here but to tomorrow they will be yes you have to you out. have to have people from the local police that will support you that will organize that will actually act against their your own people because you have you have to have huge police force who would you know work against <laughs> against ukrainian citizens and now it's it's really dubious that they will have it and let's not forget that kherson again is a city in southern ukraine mostly russian speaking city and uh, I'm sure a part of what Russians in their imagination call Novorossiya, new, new Russia, uh, hoping that there will just people, you know, who are suffering, so-called suffering under the Ukrainian junta and will greet the occupiers. 
uh, and will you know create any conditions for them we see that this plan is failing just because ukraine is different it's just totally different it's not ukraine that mr putin has thrown in his head very sick head so Russians have no other other choice that, unfortunately, to target civilians and to bomb cities. Yeah, and uh, let us not exclude this nuclear threat, which is still here, unfortunately. Unfortunately, and we know that Russia uh, is escalating situation at every moment. It fails, and it fails a lot at this present moment in Ukraine. So um, let us stay optimistic, but uh, we know that the risks are extremely high at that very moment. Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, I agree with you because we don't know what what is in the mind of this uh, of this really madman. And coming back to this Ukrainian fight, you can see from the real examples that what we have been talking, we have been telling our you know uh, audience across the world that it's not about ethnic identity, it's not about language, it's not about ethnicity. Uh, it's about values. We see Russians as extremely cruel, extremely just uh, beastly. Obsessed. obsessed. They are obsessed by Ukraine. Uh, we feel that they, Putin, I don't know, he's really obsessed by Ukraine, as if he cannot imagine a Russia without Ukraine. So it's like something very important for him. It's like, like an obsession, a mad, madness, you know. Like, uh, I think that's why uh, he... He will definitely lose because he will never, never conquer Ukraine in a way he'd like to do that. Yes, and um, and uh, it's important to say that such such cities as Kherson, as Dnipro, as Kharkiv, again as people as uh, Mariupol, <laughs> cities in the east and southern Ukraine where most people are, speak Russian language, they are, you know, really. They are resisting so much, and they, there is no way that in these cities there will be people who would say, "Yeah, I love Russia." So, in a way, Russia really needs to make a genocide here to exterminate everybody uh, to to get Ukraine back into its sphere of influence. We should understand. We don't know wh- whether Putin will will do that. Will try to do that. Let's hope that he he will not be able to do that. Simply. Exactly. Putin is hiding. Putin is hiding. He's not not really often on on TV. We see Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukrainian president, who has done a remarkable transformation from a you know light humored uh, comedian who would joke on many actually topics which are there for Ukrainians to a real leader of the nation. And there are so many, you know, when when you see them, he, he he's addressing the nation every night, uh, every evening. And each of these uh, speeches is very strong. And uh, we see this person, you know, wearing a, a green T-shirt, not a tie, not a, not a something, really I- inside, this, um, uh, inside this resistance. And uh, he looks strong. He, he's not look, he, he doesn't look frightened. He doesn't look scared. Whereas Putin is not, he's hiding. He's, we, we don't know where he is. And there was this speech which we discussed yesterday, which showed rather that he's disoriented. Mm-hmm. He's very angry and very disoriented. So we see that morale, spirit, spirit is on Ukrainian side. And we see lots of support, of course, going on. But, uh, for example, we have seen Timothy Snyder sharing uh, an information that 
165, I think, Nobel laureates condemn Russian aggression against Ukraine. We see many words of support from everywhere, <clears throat> but Ukraine needs fighter jets and Ukraine needs air defense systems. That's that's the key thing that we need right now. Okay, we will end on this um, and we hope to be with you tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. Um, it, it depends on our forces uh, with with Tanya, but we'll try to be as, as, as frequent as possible. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine. Uh, we make this series about the war in cooperation between Ukraine World, Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm joined by Tetyana Harkova, who is in charge of international outreach at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ukraine World and stand with Ukraine, support with Ukraine and be aware of the fact uh, of this incredible spirit of Ukrainians who are defending those rights and freedoms which Europe stands for with the all the civilized war stands for against this new cruelty, new inhumane cruelty. Stand with Ukraine and um, and uh, support Ukraine and fight and of course and Ukraine, together. Ukraine, Ukraine will be victorious.